Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to the Baby Pro Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the questions expectant and new parents want to know, such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep, and tips and tricks for parenting a newborn. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nicole. Hey there, Shelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Sun is finally shining, so we'll take that. Yes. I'm trying to enjoy it. I know. While we can. I, <laughs> I understand. Um, so this week we're going to be talking with the Mighty Mothers and they are moms of multiples and they're going to be talking to us about raising multiples, like twins and Woo-hoo! triplets, which I'm super excited about. But oh, first, let's do our favorite of the week. Great. Good. Go first? Sure. So my favorite of the week is a um, line of lotions and soaps and everything that smells delicious called um, Outlaw. So mm. I found it, I think on Instagram, it was like an ad maybe that came up. Oh, I always um, fall for those. Oh, I do. <laughs> I'm like a t-shirt for $4.99. It's going to take me eight months for it to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but look at how epic cute it is. I'm totally getting <laughs> I'm like a sucker for like Marshall's TJ Maxx and home goods lines too. Mm-hmm. Like you get in line, there's all these little things. So anyway, this is delicious. My favorite lotion of theirs is called Calamity Jane and it's clove, orange, cinnamon, a little smoky, a little leathery. Like it's like totally right up my alley. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. And they make them in Nevada. And they do everything really well. You're going to ask all sorts of important questions that I don't know. Never tested on animals. Um, Everything is like all natural, yada, 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 yada. And I like them. I like their company. Um, When I've ordered stuff from them, I get them like two days later. Nice. I like the quality of everything. Um, Yeah, just delicious. So I was putting this on my hands last night. And that's when I was like, ooh, I should do this one for my favorite because it's so good. So how strong is the scent? Because I am very sensitive to scents. So most of my products are unscented, but occasionally I can use something that's like, the scent is like really subtle. So you can't really smell it unless you're like really leaning in. This might be a little strong for you, but it's also like super clean and light smelling. So I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's the scent is not overpowering. I don't know. You can try it the next time I see you just put some on one of your hands and see how you feel about it because it is so, I mean, to smell like cinnamon, clove and orange, like it's just so soft, but a little smoky or I don't, they have some tobacco. There's whatever they've been, their names are hilarious. There's like lust in the dust. There's (laughs) all sorts of fun names too. Um, so I enjoy companies who get like creative with their marketing and come up with like cute and clever or funny names. Yeah. Yep. I love that. How about yours? What's your favorite of the week? Mine is actually my tens unit, which I'm using right Ah. now. Um, 
So I've been having, yes, I've been having back pain and I'm seeing physical therapy. I see a chiropractor, but it's something that I'm going to be working on. And in the meantime, sometimes if I'm having like what I call like a really bad back day, I'll throw on my TENS unit. This one I got off Amazon and it's tech care. Um, And it comes with these sticky pads that are different shapes and sizes, which I like. And then there's like six different massage modes and each of those six different massage modes has four different settings and then you can increase and decrease each side individually and there's a timer on it and it's just been super easy to use and it really I feel like it really is effective nice I know a lot of people really talk highly about those um I mean it's worth the shot Mm -hmm. and I know some parents use them during labor for like you're kidding yeah for back pain during labor oh my gosh what a great idea mm-hmm. it's super nothing relaxing. worse than back pain and labor oh oh i know oh yeah wow nice but well, good yeah and so we'll put the the links to those products in the show notes but let's go on to our question of the week great <laughs> So this week's question was sent to me through Instagram and the person who sent it is wondering what is the deal with hind milk versus four milk? What is the difference and how do I know if my baby is not getting enough hind milk? Ah, I get this question all the time, like all the time. (laughs) I'm sure. Yep. And four milk and high milk is, is kind of an outdated concept. It's not that there's two different kinds of milk. It's just that the fat in the milk separates in between feedings and kind of sticks to the duct walls, just like it separates when you put a bottle of pumped milk in the fridge, you can see that the fat rises to the top and then it kind of sticks to the sides of the bottle. So the same thing happens in your breasts, but when the baby starts feeding and you have your first letdown that can knock all the fat loose. And so um, the baby starts to get more fat as the feeding goes on. And each time you have a letdown, there's not anything that you really need to worry about in terms of your baby not getting enough high milk or four milk. Um, if a baby, like if a mom has oversupply or over lactic letdown, something that we call lactose overload can happen. Um, and that would involve like very fussy baby with green mucusy frothy stools, and they're just very unhappy. So if you have, or suspect that, you know, definitely see a lactation consultant, but sometimes doing something as simple as what we call the milkshake can help where you literally just shake your boobs before you put your baby on. And that knocks all the fat loose before the feeding starts. The baby gets the fat sooner into the feeding. Yep. Did you have to worry about that at all, Nicole? Did you hear about that when you were in our same mom? <laughs> I have heard that. So I didn't know about the whole shake thing because it's been a while since I have, um, it's been a while since I've been doing like group when people would talk about this stuff. So I did not know that. That's such a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. So you like a shake. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, but it can make a huge difference. I've had several families where the baby was having like green stools and unhappy and they just started doing a minute or two of shaking and massaging. And within like 48 hours, they had a new baby. And usually Mm -hmm. the partners are like, I can help with that. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) But it really does. And some colleagues of mine, they had a chromaticrit, which measures the fat content or the calories of your milk. And they did a very informal study where they had mom's pump and then they had mom's pump after doing the milkshake and the calorie content of the milk went from something like 25 calories to 35 calories an ounce. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's 
great. Mm-hmm. So that always makes me think of the song, My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the <laughs> And you can sing that when you're doing <laughs> I love you. You're so funny. <laughs> now that song's going to be stuck in my head all the yes, time. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Well, that was a great question. And if any listeners yeah. have any questions that you want us to answer, you can DM me on Instagram at Shelly Taft IBCLC, or you can email us at Shelly at Shelly Taft IBCLC.com. And next up, we are talking to the mighty mothers. Wonderful. This will be ex- an exciting one. I think um, moms with multiples need to know other moms at multiples. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a totally different ball game. So great. Looking forward to this one. Hey everyone, I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about one of the biggest obstacles that I see expecting and new families facing when they're having a baby, and that's lack of support and community. I know that having a baby can be overwhelming. There's so many resources out there. Some of them are better than others. You never quite know if you're getting the most updated evidence-based information, and also there's the lack of support. So that's why I created the Baby Pro Bistro. You can join the Baby Pro Bistro and get monthly support before and after your baby arrives. The Baby Pro Bistro provides you with all your prenatal and new parenting needs. So when you join, you get the prenatal childbirth education class, the prenatal breastfeeding class, the prenatal newborn care class, and the prenatal infant sleep education. You also get postpartum information like a starting solids webinar, community support, and expert speakers who talk on various subjects such as infant massage, and pelvic floor health. This week, I'm so happy to announce our guests, Kate and Carola from The Mighty Mothers, and they are experts on mothering multiples. Welcome. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, Well, we're joining you from Belgium, first of all. Uh I'm originally from Scotland, and Kate's from England, but we met here in Belgium. Oh, nice. Although we had had our babies and I had my babies here and Kate had hers in Hong Kong. Oh. And you guys have multiples, I assume. That's why you're the experts. Well, yeah. Very generous of you to call us experts, Shelley. <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're only expert in that we've done it or that we continue to do it. But we met because we hadn't ever had the experience of talking to another multiple mother. So when we met three years ago, in the same school, every single time we could, and every single time we couldn't, hid and just talk to each other at 100 Um, miles an hour about our experiences, because we hadn't had the opportunity to do that before. So um, sharing experiences, and it all just came tumbling out, really. Yeah, and all came from there, didn't it? It was nice to just um, have a like-minded soul to who got it, you know, So, which is partly why we do what we do is to try and provide that to resource to other women out there. Right. I don't have multiples myself, but I've supported a lot of parents with multiples with breastfeeding primarily. And that is one of the things that they always tell me is unless you are in it, you don't get it. (laughs) Like if you're having singletons and you don't, you could, you may think that you get it, but you don't. So I imagine that, yeah, that would help you guys bond pretty quickly is having that common background. I think that's fair enough. And I think even for me, with twins I still Kate with three bloody hell that's just even more different and yeah 
And also we both had single children before we had our multiples. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thought, oh, well, we're mums. We already know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, no, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a lot of it for us was just getting on with it, wasn't it? We both said it was just do it because we had to and we didn't have family around to lend a hand or. And I think that's crucial to one of the reasons why we decided to create our own podcast series and launch ourselves out as the Mighty Mothers because we didn't have, we were both abroad, we didn't have family around us, and we were in this obscure new experience that for anybody with parents living around the corner or friends nearby would have been weird. But the Mm -hmm. fact that we had that extra layer as well, I think, made us both bond quickly because yeah. you know we were visiting hospitals where we didn't speak the language which was just bizarre it was like a struggle on top of a struggle <laughs> on top of a struggle <laughs> yeah a blur it was a blur yeah so you mentioned thinking that because you had had kids you thought you knew going in oh like I know what I'm doing aside from the part of being away from family and being in a different country what do you think was your biggest struggle once the do you both have twins? I think one of you has triplets. Kate's got triplets, triplets. and I've okay. got twins. Yeah. Mm. So what would you say was like the biggest struggle that you kind of weren't expecting? Uh, mm. All of it. <laughs> 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 Getting up. No, I think that at the time you don't see it as a struggle. You hear other people saying to you, oh, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, you have to. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. think about it. Because there, A, there isn't time to think, and B, you haven't got that sense of distance where you're in a position to reflect. And I think that's, again, why it's so interesting. My children are now 18. My triplets are 18. And Carola, yours are 11, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, so, 11. so we've both had a bit of time to reflect on, okay, what happened then? <laughs> what did we do? Oh, we had lots of children at the same time, right. <laughs> so in answer to your question, I don't know whether they're, there's any one single thing you just do it yeah and I think I think anybody is having another child that's suddenly one and then you've got two you are busy or you are but I think like Kate said there's not time to realize that it's a bit different because you've suddenly do have all these children the biggest thing for me I think at the time being aware of was with my daughter if she slept I slept in the afternoon to catch up and reserve your your strength. I couldn't do that because mm-hmm. something always needed done. And then that's the time that you would need to wash all the millions of clothes or pick the first one up from school or that sort of thing. But there <laughs> was just no let up. It was just full on. And yeah, I was aware that I didn't have the time to cuddle them the same mm-hmm. because one, you just let fall asleep on you and enjoy that for a bit. With two, one might be awake while the other one's nodded off. Or like I say, you've got other stuff to get on with. Yeah. Right. And I am not like comparing my situation to having multiples at all, but we do have a lot of kids. We recently went from seven to six when we got one of them finally out of the house. Six left. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of times people be like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? And it's kind of (laughs) like, this is my normal. So I just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what age range are they? It's a wide range range where it's 23, 22, 16, 16, 15, 14, and 10. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow. But it's nice that they're all spaced out. 
Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, I think you're quite allowed to think that you might have an idea of twins with that kind you of... You can join in our club, <laughs> Shelley. <laughs> an honorary member. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's wow. Because yeah, the thought of having any more, well, it's not a thought. No, thank you. Mm. No, yeah, thank dog. That was... <laughs> yeah, we, we've got them as well. Yeah. We? yeah. Well, we've, we had multiple animals as well between us. It's like, mm. you know, having lots of children wasn't enough. Right. Wow. So when expecting parents or seek you out for support, what are the most common questions that they ask you in terms of like what to expect? I suppose what we're talking about, how do you do it? Or the often the fear of the actual birth, you know, is a topic of discussion because you've got to do it once, twice or three times, mm-hmm. you know, and that takes a bit of... I think it depends. It depends on how well you know the person, like if it's a friend... We both have a mutual friend who's recently given birth and we've both supported her throughout that and just, you know, helped her get her head around it. But again, she was planning all these wonderful things and planning this particular type of birth that she wanted and it didn't turn out like that at all. Mm -hmm. And we were able to be there and say, well, that's how it is. That's what it's like. And you're still doing an amazing job. One of the things that we've talked about a lot particularly recently, is this whole idea of trusting your motherly instinct, knowing what you know and listening to it, even in the face of medical experts, for instance. So we've talked about that quite a lot. So that would be one piece of advice that I would give to any expectant mother. Learn to listen and trust it because Mm -hmm. you just know. So that's something that's come up quite a lot. I think the other thing is to ask for help when you need it. Mm -hmm. Don't go under. Because it's yeah. quite easy to do that. Or accept it when it's offered. Yeah, don't go, oh, no, I'm yeah. fine. Because that's our natural go-to, isn't it? Oh, I'm fine, it's all right. Yeah. Be, yeah, that'd be great, actually. Yeah, and mm. I know that can be a little harder during a pandemic. But Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's very different now for a lot of people, isn't it? Mm. Because normally I would say laugh every day, even if it's slightly hysterical. But mm. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, which it often is. Kate and I discovered that actually that we both used to sing things. Um, I would sing just to, oh, this is crazy. Oh, no, I'll join mm-hmm. them in. I'll join in with them crying in a second. Let's just sing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys had a similar thing, didn't you? You used to sing yeah, crazy songs. Make up songs. Because there's things that you find yourself saying that you never thought you'd say. Like, could you please take the dolphin out of your mouth? It's dinner time. or no it's not okay for you to wear your elephant head when we're Mm. going out today because it's just so mad and there's stuff going on all the time there's always noise there's always chaos there's always something being spilt there's always Mm. somebody falling over it's just like we've both described it as a circus yeah Mm -hmm. and I think you have to be non-judgmental towards yourself you know and not care what other people might think yeah the kids are partially dressed and covered in food or, you know, but you must be the same, Shelley, with a house full of people. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it is what it is sometimes. Yeah. Right. And I work in people's homes. I do breastfeeding visits in their homes. And every time I show up, even though my confirmation email tells them not to worry about any mess, they always apologize for the mess. I'm like, listen, <laughs> your house is cleaner than mine. So <laughs> just don't worry about being judged by me because if you saw what my house looked like right now, 
but yeah, it can be cute. You see, that's amazing in itself that you can offer that because nobody came into my house and helped in any professional way whatsoever. Nobody visited me at home. Nobody came and checked that breastfeeding was going well. It's not. Well, that's a bigger thing. Well, you, you know, it was kind of you're at the hospital, you're on your own now. Right. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I think parents of multiples need even more support because, you know, the risk of NICU admission and premature birth is higher. So, and they're often going home, you know, maybe exclusively pumping and not quite knowing how to latch because the babies are being fed bottles in the NICU all the time. And then they're just being sent home, like, okay, have fun. Bye. <laughs> Well, one of the episodes that we talked about was the whole breastfeeding thing because I, I, I physically couldn't and they were in, my children were in, I, I don't even know what to call it. I just It's a NICU. Said, yeah. yeah. So the special 15 doors to get through before you can actually see them and then they're in this little cage. So they were in for 10 days. And so for the first 10 days, I pumped whatever I could and saw it as medicine and hobbled because I was in such pain mm. got I had to stay in a flat with my friends <clears throat> so that I was near the hospital and then I traveled to the hospital every day with my little cool bag with the tiniest amount of milk that I'd managed to find and then just saw it as medicine I thought well I've given them something and so even that th- there was never anybody saying try harder or <laughs> mm. had you thought about this or there was no intervention there was no care it really was you're on your own I think somebody offered to show us how to bath them once when they were tiny. And I probably said, no, you're all right. (laughs) Doing the thing we're telling people not to do. Mm -hmm. See, I was quite impressed the first day the boys were born because they were born to term, so they didn't need to go into NICU. Um, A nurse came in and said, oh, do you want to try feeding them both together now? And I was like, wow, really? On day one, that's cool. (laughs) Thinking, okay, because I'd read books and I was prepared. And on a different point about medicine, it was that kind of belief of that had got us through the pregnancy was, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I had that same approach to feeding them because there's a big history on my partner's side of um, allergies and asthma and things like that. So with all the kids, I was like, I'm going to breastfeed them as long as I can just to give them that best start. And if they develop all these allergies that they all seem, his whole family seem to have, then at least I did what I could. But if they, mm-hmm. if I don't bother and then they develop them later and I'll be like, well, maybe if I'd breastfed them, I could have given them some protection. So, and it, it seemed to work. I managed up to six, seven months to feed them. It wasn't yeah. always easy at all, just from exhaustion point of view. Eventually they do sap everything out of you. They did out of right. me. Yeah, and, and I think of feeding any baby in the NICU is a completely different world than if you have like a full-term baby that comes home with you, like it's so hard. And usually if there's a NICU admission, the birth was kind of complicated too, with all these interventions done. And that can impact like milk supply and your ability to just sit up and pump really. Because if you had like major surgery and you're exhausted and you're on mag or, you know, you're not going to feel like pumping, but I am kind of, my thought is, is that breast milk is not, should not be put above everything else, especially mm. mental health. So when I'm working with families who are struggling, especially when there's an acute admission, it's like, you know, whatever you're doing is good enough mm-hmm. and you are good yeah. enough and whatever you're providing is enough and mm. they're going to benefit from. And if you are unable to provide anything, that's okay too. Mm. Yeah. And I think you do get to a point where you do lose self-care. You know, at the beginning, you're drinking enough and you're trying to sleep when you can and feed all these babies. 
and then eventually just the busyness of life catches up and and you're not taking care of yourself quite the same way that makes it a bit well that's certainly the situation for me Mm. yeah and that's something else that we've talked about too is that self-care seems to be on the bottom of the list if it's on the list at all so that's another thing that we would encourage other mums to do with the benefit of hindsight yeah try and look after yourself Right. And especially like you had said earlier, if you have another child later, you're not going to get that chance to nap when the baby naps or babies yeah. nap. So if you know, you're having multiples as your first pregnancy, take advantage of that and actually do the sleep when the babies are sleeping and eating and stuff and not worrying about the dishes or the laundry, things like that. But I know that can be really hard. Like that was always really hard. I never took a nap when the baby naps. <laughs> so type A, like <laughs> it's always thinking like, what do I need to get done instead of like, what do I need to do for myself? Yeah. Well, and in our case, when my children went to sleep, they all actually did go to sleep at the same time because we trained them like that. But that was our time to spend time with my, my eldest son who was desperate for attention. So there wasn't any time for me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important what you just said then, Shelley, that whatever you're doing, you're doing your best. Yeah. And I don't think we can ever say that enough. Yeah, but that looks different for everybody, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Every family is different. And what works yeah. for one family might not work for another. No, exactly. When you're talking or connecting with parents who are expecting multiples, how much stuff do you really need if you're expecting more than one baby? Do you need to buy like double of everything or can you talk a little bit about that? I suppose that also depends what order in the family they come. Mm-hmm. I would say no because I had them second and the pram that I had for my daughter that I'd got from somebody else when they'd finished did them first. They both went into one pram lying flat. That was fine. And I didn't have a lot of kit. Yeah. Again, because stuff got handed down. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have a friend whose sister had twins who were much older and she had loads of clothes and a double buggy. And, and any time people asked me if I wanted stuff, I would just take it. And even mm-hmm. if I didn't use it or passed it on to someone else. And, but I think there's probably a lot of stuff out there you don't need. I didn't even have a nappy bag. I had a rucksack and shoved it all in and forgot it half the time or, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't, no. Yeah, and the same for me, because I was in an expat community where people were having children all the time. And of course, as soon as everyone got wind of what was going on for us, people just arrived with stuff. We don't need this anymore. You have it. I think the one thing that we did do, somebody had raised some money for us, which was incredibly kind. And we used that to buy them a cot each. Mm-hmm. And on reflection, the fact that they were all in the same cot for three months. Yeah. You know, that probably could have, we could have saved on that, but I don't. I, Clips I, for the prams, when you've got the buggies, the single buggies, and you use these as well, I think, Kate, these brilliant clips that you clip two or yeah. three buggies together oh, so wow. that then you can manoeuvre. So if you're both out, you can both have one as in a mm. cafe or down the street. It's sometimes difficult in the wide paths, so you can take them individually or clip them together. That was a superb piece of yes. Piece of, I like that idea because, you know, my youngest is 10. And even when he was born 10 years ago, the, the strollers are so, were so much more cumbersome yeah. than the way that they make them now, where they're like nice and light and portable and can make, you know, all these um, tight turns. Whereas before it was like trying to push an SUV <laughs> through the store. 
<laughs> but yeah, having like clips where you could take them apart and put them together again must have been nice. And baby carriers, invaluable. Yeah. Because then you could have two in the pram, one on you and still hold hands with yeah. my son. So mm-hmm. I could still manage that. And then going up and down the hill, getting nappies and milk and Mm-hmm. I always stuff. had one. I always had one on me just mm. in case, because when they were together, if one woke up when the pram stopped, when I would pick my daughter up from school, for instance, they would wake up, cry. So I would put one on me, leave one in there, and she was standing on the wee buggy board holding on to go back. Mm. Um, yeah, I did miss carrying. I really liked when I had one baby, just wearing. I, I would wear her all the time. I hardly used a pram when we'd go out and about. Oh. And two, you can't, you have to put them in. Mm-hmm. And because I had one that was bigger than the other one, <laughs> the poor big one just got left. I was like, you're too heavy to wear. I'll wear the, I'll wear the wee skinny one, thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And what, because I do, maybe not so much now because of COVID, but pre-COVID, a lot of the multiple families I was working with, and one of the struggles that they talked about with me was that it was so difficult to just get out of the house. Oh, like it was overwhelming to them to have to feel like they have to pack, you know, all the stuff that they have to pack and bring everything that they had. So well, they you have would to end prepare. Yeah. You have to prepare a day in advance. <laughs> and then and then you still find that someone's got no shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, again, again, you'll probably take more stuff than you need. You know, as long as yeah. you've got water, a few nappies, the amount of times I would forget wipes or. Ugh. Yeah. But you just have to do it. You just have to get out of the house. I mean, mine, I would have to wake mine up to go and pick my daughter up from nursery and I would have to wake them up and change them and put lots of clothes on to get outside and they'd be crying their heads off Mm -hmm. shove them into the one pram and as soon as I was in the end of the street they would be back asleep so you just have to put up with the cacophony of noise and chaos for that amount of time to get them out because you've got to get out the house as well and I just do it even if it's for your own sanity as much as one of the things that used to keep me awake while I was pregnant, was working out how in the duplex that we lived in, I was going to be able to do getting out of the house on my own. And I've described before the the bouncy seats that they they sit in. So there would be one propping the front door open, (laughs) me with a child strapped to me and another baby in my arms, with my eldest son keeping guard on the child in the house while I ran up and down the stairs. I'm coming, mummy's coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Get all the way down the stairs, four flights of stairs, put the two children in there, leave them there, screaming, run all the way up to the other screaming child and the child who wanted to bring his sword and his teddy bear and his elephant hat and all the other bits. And then you'd forget something, wouldn't you? So you'd have to go all the way back up. You hadn't got your key or, yeah, absolute ordeal. And then having to go anywhere in public, Public, you're invited to a wedding. Not a wedding, an engagement party in a hotel. It's like you're joking. Do you honestly want us to come? Really? Oh, it'll be fine. Well, it's only going to be fine if you get somebody round to help us get there and back. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look back now and laugh, but at the time it was just like, oh my goodness, this is nuts. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that can lead to like feelings of isolation if it's like overwhelming to leave the house. Yeah, sure. So you just decide to stay home instead. Yeah. But, you know, if you've got a bunch of good friends that are laughing with you and you just see the funny side of it all, we've, mm-hmm. our two best friends had to fly with us because we, we weren't allowed to fly without one adult had to 
hold a child. Mm-hmm. So they had to fly with us wherever we went, whenever mm-hmm. we wanted to go home. And uh, I mean, we roar with laughter about it now. The fact that we were literally covered from head to foot <laughs> in biscuits and orange juice after a 16 hour flight where our eldest would have lost the, the wing of Buzz Lightyear down the side of the plane seat. And there was everybody looking for it and children screaming Feels. and nappies and crawling up and down the <laughs> airplane and just, yeah, but you're in it. So you just get on with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked before about how we used to get on the airplane and I'd stand at the front and just address everybody. Hi, everyone. We're here for the next 16 <laughs> hours with our four children. Sorry, nothing we can do. <laughs> If you want to come and help, you're more than welcome. Did you ever have anyone who offered to help? There were a couple of people that did on, you know, you're on a flight for hours. So often the our eldest would go to sleep. But then if somebody woke up, people would come over and talk to you. There were occasionally nice people that just went, oh, my goodness, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) Well, that's good that there are still good people out there. Oh, (laughs) there are. Yeah. But I mean, I'm really, we've discussed COVID quite a lot between us recently and the idea that the isolation and the having to cope with all of this on your own, and especially for first time mums, not actually really knowing what you're doing and not having the opportunity to just fall into somebody else's house and say, can you just make me a cup of coffee? Yeah. Mm. That reassurance. Just give me a hug. Yeah. And, you know, we've both talked a lot about how incredibly hard that must be. Right yeah, because we have like a lot of virtual resources popping up now, but it's not, I mean, it's better than nothing, of course. Yeah. And it's helpful, yeah. but it's not the same as just, like you said, being able to sit in someone's kitchen over a cup of coffee and just cry and get yeah. it all out and yeah. with someone who gets it and understands and isn't going to judge you or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's so important. And, you know, this mutual friend of ours that I've mentioned before, because of COVID, we've been able to go for walks together in the forest. So little babies come too, and we've just shared. I've just listened because I know that there will have been an awful lot of stuff in her head that she won't have been able to share with other people. So, you know, just to support in that way, just to listen. That's often all you need, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You might not be asking for anyone to fix anything or you might not no. be asking for advice, but just being heard yeah. can work wonders for mental health, really. Yeah, mm. definitely. Absolutely. What is your favorite thing about being mother to multiples? I did really twice the hugs. They were there from really early. It's really nice. And even in the most mental bedlam kind of crazy moments, when they both give you a hug or both be sitting on the side of you, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's so nice. And, um, and it's, think- fun. It's, <laughs> it's fun. It's good fun. It's good fun. You've got a big, noisy, interesting family. And Mm. I'm incredibly proud to be mother to my children. I think they're brilliant people. Mm. It's been great watching them all grow up and get ready to leave home now. I think there can always be fun found in chaos. If you you know how to look for it, if you know how to look for it, you can find the fun. And And I think we both feel really lucky. Yeah, You know, Mm. it's so difficult for a lot of people to have any children. And we had a whole ton all at once. You know, mm. we just feel lucky and special, mm. you know, which is really kind of mm. nice. Yeah. I imagine you you must have to have a, a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you could get through it if you didn't, right? 
Like you said, like you, you must look back at a lot of things and just laugh. And I find myself doing that too. Like, oh my gosh, sometimes I'm crying and laughing at the same time. (laughs) Like, what are you going to do? Like, this is it. And you're, you're going to have some good stories to laugh about later on down the road, but. Definitely. That is it. It's the stories. Yeah. I think as well, something else that we've talked about, we have a phrase that we both use quite a lot, which is that'll do. (laughs) Not always being able to finish something because you're distracted or not doing something as detailed as you'd like because you're distracted or because there's something else coming along. So Mm. the ability to multitask, I mean, we laugh now. I was on the phone to Carola earlier and she said, while I'm talking to you, I'm sweeping up with my other hand. What are you doing with your foot? (laughs) There's always, you know, people have described me before like a whirlwind because if I'm going to do something, it's going to be done quickly and I'm going to be doing other things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that being a, a multiple mother, you do that. Your toleration for noise increases. You don't notice as much mess because you're used to it. Everything is a that'll do. Yeah. That'll do because I honestly haven't got time to do anything else. And I don't know any other way to be now. And <laughs> that's the reason, that's the excuse that I give now. Mm. <laughs> sorry, did I do it in a hurry? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do you, do you like have a hard time sitting still now because you're just not used to it? Well, I don't sit still. Yeah. It's almost like you have a whole new skill set ingrained in your brain where you're like, this is how I am now. Yeah. Because by the time you get a chance to sit down, it feels too weird. Mm. You have to do something else at the same time. Yeah. I can't even watch. I can't just sit and watch TV. I can't, I have to. And that's the whole reason why I picked up knitting. Cause I'm like, I can't (laughs) just sit and stare at something. I have to be moving. Shelly, my fellow sister. (laughs) I'm a crocheter. I can't stop. It's ridiculous. My eldest son came home recently at Christmas and just went, mom, what's going on? Everything's covered. Like, what's going to happen when the triplets leave? Will you just find dad cocooned into a, something <laughs> you've crocheted? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I can't think, sit still. Yeah, I'm always knitting or sewing or doing other wee bits as well. We're all, mm-hmm. Maybe creativity comes with having lots of children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we are working with parents who are multiples, what kind of like tips do you give them for the birth in terms of like, I know we talked about like, it can be hard and there's a lot of fear around it, but how do you help them like process those fears? Again, say trust in yourself. Mm-hmm. And we've both got very different birthing experiences. Um, we both had the belief that they would be fine and we'd be fine, mm-hmm. you know, and they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think get informed, really. That was one of the things that really helped me. My husband is a ferocious reader. Mm-hmm. And he researches everything. And so immediately, as soon as we knew that we were expecting multiples, he researched the best books to have. And I've just, I, th- I've still got it and I can't lend it to anybody. The, the Bible that I read from cover to cover over and over and over again, things that I should be doing, things that I should be expecting. So that when it came to the birth and the guy came in and started reading out all the list of things that were going to go wrong, I didn't listen because I'd already knew, I knew mm-hmm. that was going to happen, but it wasn't going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. because I was already prepared so I think being as prepared as you can mentally as well as physically yeah because mm-hmm. there are so many things you can control but there's so many things that you can't absolutely yeah because yeah. in the end I ended up having an emergency cesarean and Neil wasn't allowed to be with me so I was literally on my own well I wasn't on my own because there were about 1400 people in the room 
but but I kept remembering things. Oh, I, I know this is going to happen. That's a possibility because I'd read and read and read. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me. What were the top favorite books that you found helpful? Well, it's here oh, somewhere. I know I can't even remember the titles of some of mine. I had very Doctor practical ones, funny Barbara. ones. Mm. And yeah, I would, I would go between them all. Mm. Um, there it is. Dr. Barbara Luke and Tamara Ebeline, when you're expecting twins, triplets or quads. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. But that, yeah. that was my go-to because it was... I've got a big... Thing, just every single thing that you could possibly imagine was in here from what to expect throughout the pregnancy when you went for scans and so on. And they'd say, oh, we've measured this and we've measured this and we've met that. And I wrote it all down and used this as a sort of guide. Are my babies growing properly? Are they growing mm-hmm. healthily? The th- things to eat, things to expect. How do you nurse them? What to expect when sleeping strategies how to keep your marriage alive. Oh, oh yeah. Don't forget. To- <laughs> That's an important chapter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a chapter here, complications, how to lower your risk. So I did it. I did what yeah. she said. And it was like my handbook. I'll and- forward you later, Shelley, the, the one that I had. And it had down each page or every other page down the sides. It was a big book. Little anecdotes from real people as well as the oh, author nice. of the book. So that was kind of really helpful as well. Mm. And um, in my area, the book um, Mothering Multiples is very popular. Have who's, either of you read that one? I don't know what, who's who's it who by. Do know? I don't remember the author, but I know it. It does have a lot of good information, especially about breastfeeding. And I don't know what year it was written. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'll see that this. Yeah, very I've got common. a couple on this. Maybe it was. I don't know. Mm. And you have your own book. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't categorize it in the same as those books we've just been talking about. It's not really a how-to kind of book. It's um, it's a thank you. Yes, it's like a, more of a little gift type book rather than... Than an informative book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's more a thank you from the baby to the mum. Oh. So we've given it as a gift to people that have just had a baby or to their partners and said, pretend that this is from the baby (laughs) just you know things in it like thank you for kind of letting your heart lie on its side for me thank you for stretching Mm. your skin to fit me in and a mixture of humor and facts yeah Yeah. that must be like the perfect thing to pick up and read when you're having those moments where you're like I ruined my life and I'll (laughs) I'll never be okay again (laughs) sometimes that's all you need is something positive Yeah. 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 Well, that's where it came from, wasn't it? It was us thinking, what would we have liked yeah. when we had just given birth? We w- we just wanted to be thanked, and we wanted the baby to know that the babies to know that they were deeply loved, mm-hmm. and that we'd mothered them. Yeah. And there's there's bits that there are little vouchers at the back as well for mums mm-hmm. to cash in on. Here's a voucher for a two hour indulgent bath alone. <laughs> they can cut the vouchers out and a kind of interactive book because that's the other thing about birth actually is although you're prepared for some of it you're not prepared for other bits like Mm. just being exhausted I knew I had to deliver two babies and was prepared to do that hadn't realized that the placentas fusing together would be like delivering a third child and then was just shattered 
because they were big they were born at 40 weeks so they were huge mm-hmm. but um it, yeah so that exhaustion and uh yeah. yeah I don't think I had time to be feel euphoric that you often do after a birth so right. yes yeah, a nice little tear-jerking gift with <laughs> lovely I love that idea though because you're right like most of the all the books on the market are pretty much like how to informative which is awesome but this is like a different twist which is nice yeah yeah and we didn't want it to be like a baby journal which might for some mums feel like another job (laughs) well I've got to fill this in now have I I've got to find a photo have I Mm. you know we wanted it to be a gift from the baby saying look Mm. thanks for having me Yeah. yeah I hated those baby books. That's how I viewed it. It's like, this is something I have to do because it's just something you do. And I think with my first, I almost made it all the way through. And my second, I made like two pages in my third. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got photo albums for our eldest that go up to when he was four. Mm -hmm. And then the triplets, I think I've only put their first year in. My daughter's ended up doing it herself. (laughs) (laughs) Found all the photographs and put them in herself. I started a little book for my daughter about all her firsts and I would draw little pictures in it and stick in little photos, just like a little sketchbook and put stuff in and dates that she said things or done things. Again, that runs out when the boys were born or when I was pregnant with them. I had two books earmarked for them and it's just full of scraps of paper <laughs> that I've scribbled the date on and something funny. And they used to sit up on the shelf and I would just shove it in and go, one day I'll sort all that out. <laughs> Tickets when they first went to the zoo and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense anymore. Or you could shove receipts in there to show them how expensive it was. <laughs> Their first shoes in Belgium. Whoa, they're really, really yeah. expensive. Yeah, I've still got them. And you had mentioned that when you were having your babies, you couldn't find any other moms and multiples to connect with. Do you think that that's changed? Do you think it's easier now for parents to connect? I do. I think there's more out there and with social media and stuff. There's a lot more connectivity around the world or between women themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't you care? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot more. I mean, you just have to type it in. Right. Um, I know in my area, we had a, a very active multiples group and then it just kind of fizzled out for some reason. It's because everyone's too busy to get yes. out of the house. This <laughs> is <just> true. <laughs> um, they're trying to get out. Yeah. An effort. Weird. Weird. Because you're also never anywhere on time when you have, first have multiples because mm. you can't get used to the, you have to start half an hour earlier to get everybody ready to get out to the place on time. Mm. So you just quickly have a reputation for being late for everything. Yeah, it's yeah. also a good excuse. Um, <laughs> where we lived, we lived in this weird, it was like a resort for a couple of years when the children were really, when they were first born and then for the first two years of their life. So there were people from all over the world all these different expats. And there was a lady that we would walk past when we just had our first son. And we'd walk past her with this enormous pram and caught sight of the fact once that there were three little heads in there. And I remember nudging my husband going, she got triplets. Oh my goodness. Of course, as soon as we found out that we were expecting, I ran to her. (laughs) And I said, listen, I've walked past you so many times on the other side of the road and I'm really sorry to bother you but we've just found out that we're expecting trip she couldn't have been nicer she was Spanish and she had identical girls and within a week they had us around for dinner and the husbands were talking and we were talking she gave me her like milkshake recipe 
This is what you need to have every day. Mm-hmm. This is what you just little tips. And we were so grateful yeah. that there was somebody. And then, of course, after the babies were born, I hardly saw her because I mm-hmm. couldn't leave the house and she was doing what she was doing until must have been three years later because I'd said, listen, we should have you over for dinner. We should repay the favor. And we had the date arranged and everything. And then she turned up at my front door and burst into tears. And I said, what's the matter? She said, I've just found out I'm pregnant. (sighs) And I just stood holding my breath thinking, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. She said, it's okay. It's only one. (laughs) And the relief that I felt for her her. and Mm -hmm. from her, because she just felt like she'd got her head above water because her children were four then, four or five. Mm -hmm. And then the thought of having to do it all over again was just crippling. Yeah, well. mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we were really fortunate to have, but literally two or three times that we met and had coffee before the children were born. And then after that, you're on your own. You just carry mm-hmm. on, right. which is why when Carola and I finally did meet and had the time to talk about it, we both just went bleh. So, yeah. So, no, there are, there's so many more ways to get in touch and connect these days Mm -hmm. it's much easier well speaking of connecting if anyone in any of our listeners want to connect with you can you tell us where they can find you a little bit about what you're doing these days absolutely well they can find us our website on www.themightymothers.com and our email addresses are there we're more than happy to help people out or to answer any questions or to bring up a topic on a podcast that's that's needed or whatever. We're looking mm-hmm. happy to have guests, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And your podcast is called um, Mighty Mothers yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 And it's found in all the usual places. And for the first six months, we literally go through our story from finding out that we were expecting all the way through to the birth. And then I think we've got up to about 18 months with the yeah. story of how it all happened. And recently we've been really enjoying being interviewed and Mm. interviewing others just to keep expanding the topics and particularly during COVID because we we were aware that people need even more support than before. So yeah, there we are, the Mighty Mothers. Perfect. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. This was a riot. You guys have such a great sense. I mean, you have to, right? (laughs) But yeah, it was so nice. And you're so right with like, you just need that support. You need to talk to people who understand. Yeah. All right. Well, stay warm. Thank you, Shelley. Thanks thanks for the opportunity. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTaffIBCLC.com, where you can check out our online parenting community, The Baby Bistro. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTaffIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks.